welcome to Beyond Natural Light Photography. I'm your host, Sandra Cohn, and on this podcast, I'll share my tips and tricks for mastering light, both natural and artificial, as well as what I've learned over the past 20 plus years as a professional photographer about building a standout brand, marketing yourself in an honest, authentic way, and building a profitable photography career without hustle or burnout. I'm gonna invite you to eavesdrop on conversations that I have with the photographers I coach, as well as from other industry experts so that you can gain real life, actionable advice about building the business you want and the life you deserve. So thanks for being here and let's get started. Welcome to the Beyond Natural Light podcast. I'm your host, Sandra Cohn, and I'm here today with my good friend and extraordinary industry educator, Alexis Kuresma. Did I say it right? That's perfect. That's perfect. Thank you. But thank you for being here uh, with me today. I'm so excited to talk to you. I mean, we we talk, but it's so fun to talk to you officially on the Yeah, no, uh, excited to be on. Glad we were able to make it work. I know, right? I think last time we tried to get this done, you had COVID. Yes, that, that too. But you're feeling better. Oh, that was a while ago. Yeah, thankfully, COVID wasn't uh, hard for me at all. It just made me fatigued for like a week. Um, and I, well, I had a really bad cough like the first day, like an uncontrollable cough. But uh, thankfully, Robitussin, like, you know, took care of that. And then um, after that, I was just fatigued for a week. And after that, I was just fine, thankfully. So not, no big deal. Well, why don't we just like dive right in? And why don't you introduce yourself? Because, you know, a lot of the people who listen to my podcast in my world are like newborn and family photographers. And they might not have known you, but they should because your work is beautiful. But why don't you just tell us a little bit about you and what you do? Yeah, I've been a, a photographer for about 18 years now. Uh, I'm, I do commercial and advertising photography, mainly in the fitness uh, 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 fitness, and, um, and I work in fitness and with athletes. Yeah, and your work is stunning. So if you don't know Alexis's work, definitely check it out. One of the reasons I was so excited to talk to you specifically on the podcast, mm -hmm. because, you know, I'm like super passionate about using artificial light mm -hmm. and your style of lighting is so unique and so beautiful. Like I can see one of your pictures and know straight away that that's one of your pictures just by your lighting right? It's so beautiful. So I guess I'm kind of excited to talk to you about that. Like, how did you, how did you like get started in your business? And then how did you kind of get started with athletes and then develop your like style that is so unique and so distinct? Yeah, I, um, I always had an interest in photography and I never took a course in high school because I would ask all my friends, um, hey, how's that photo class? How do you like it? And they all would say, oh, it's great, but it's a lot of work, man. And then so like that, like I unfortunately listened to them and and, uh, and I was like, man, I don't want to do a lot of work. And, and so I never took it in high school, but I always had like an interest in it. And then in uh, when I went to college, uh, I had no idea what to major in, um, but I always liked art and I knew I really liked computers. So I decided to kind of combine the two and do a graphic design major. Um, and in college uh, where I went to technically the, the majors art with an option in graphic design or an option in photography. So when you're doing an art major with an option in graphic design, a lot of the classes do photography overlap. Uh, so I ended up there taking my first photo class and then I absolutely fell in love with it and dove head first 
and um i had a a a, a professor there that was a, a professional um that guest spoke there one summer and uh, he was a wedding uh photographer and um he preached you know oh people look best in natural light um and i totally bought that like when i first started getting into photography shot that i had literally bought them like oh people look best in natural light um and like a few things happened um where like i just like saw that that's not true was um i i, I got to uh assist you know that said professor and photographer in uh, one of the weddings that he shot and, and i just like um realized that uh the reason they preached that was because they were I, I directly say they were really lazy so like <laughs> you didn't have to take anything like like even if you had to take an extra bag they wouldn't want to take it right um and, and just be as quote-unquote efficient as possible and then the second part of that is like when I was still in college I had a random opportunity to photograph a local Barry musician a rapper that was pretty popular here named E40 and I got that call like at 6 or 7 p.m at night um, to photograph him in the studio. And I remember thinking to myself, I was like, oh my God, how could I call myself a photographer? I don't need any lights. I'm like, it's going to be like indoors. And I know the lighting's going to be terrible. And then, so I ended up calling a friend of mine uh, that was uh, in college. Um, that, and I knew he knew a lot of stuff with speed lights, with flashes. Um, and he happened to be available. So he showed up that, that evening and literally like saved me and it helped me light everything. And then after that happened, I told myself never again will I rely on somebody else uh, for that. And I bought uh, four lights on my uh, on my own, like a like it was like four LEMBs and a bunch of modifiers. I started and, with LEMBs too. <laughs> yeah, and I ended up uh, teaching myself lighting after that. I would practice with myself or my little brother or my sister. Um, and I ended up shooting sports because that's what I had. Uh, I'm not, I have zero interest in sports. I'm not a huge sports fanatic, but um, I had access to um, my uh my little brother played little league so that's kind of what i had I, not kind of that's what i had access to and then that's what i started shooting and then from there i went back to my old high school and started photographing um uh the high school uh football games and then basketball games and, and that's pretty much how how i began and i started oh my god do you know i've never heard your story before <laughs> yeah and and it's interesting because it's very similar to mine. So I started. I'm self-taught also, and I 100 um, percent bought into that. People look better with natural light. You know, natural light is better on your skin, especially with babies. It's easier. You know, it's free. It's available. Blah 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 blah. And then I opened a studio in Seattle, Washington, and would get clients in freaking November. And had no light. And it was like, I can't do my job. And, you know, I would try all the things that people try, right? Like pressing people up against a window or shooting wide open or trying to handhold with a toddler, shooting at like F2 at a 30th of a second. And it just wasn't working. And so I, that's what I did. I bought an alien B and taught myself light, changed yeah. everything. Yeah, I mean, natural light is, is certainly nice and convenient when it's there, but it's um it's not consistent, you know, to be able to deliver stuff when when you have to when you have to, I mean, when you're a professional, you have to deliver day or night, you know, regardless of the time, regardless of the weather, and then um, it, be able to deliver that that look or feel regardless, independent of like if it's a cloudy day or a sunny day. Oh yeah, if people are paying you to do a job, you need to make sure you can do it. Yeah. Like, 
all the time. So, okay. So I love your story. So we're here. You're practicing in high school. You're practicing on your mother's little league. Well, I, well, I was in college. So I was practicing shooting like high school players. Oh, and, okay. 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 So yeah. you're in college, but you're practicing on the high school kids, but that's a pretty big leap because you are known for photographing like A-list athletes, right? Mm-hmm. And I mean, how many times have you been on cover of sports illustrated? Six. Only six yeah. Times. You're like, no big deal. <laughs> Some people have a lot more like a, like a undercover. I'm thankful I got what I got. But um, yeah, I mean, that was always a goal of mine. Um, you know, part of my, um, uh, is a double-edged sword. I think part of my um, benefits of my success is, is that I'm delusional. Uh, <laughs> uh, you know, that's, a, you know, it has its pluses and its minuses, but like, I always treat it when I was shooting Little League games um, as if I was covering it for Sports Illustrated. Um, and And like, that's the, the mindset that I had. And even when I started doing portraiture, I always treated it as if, as if I was doing like a ad campaign for Nike. Um, and one of the things I always like to tell people is to um, shoot for the jobs you want, not the ones you're getting. Mm. Um, so never, um, because like, that's one of the biggest things that I, um, I learned for like in this business in general, um, it's real literal, um, at least for doing um, on my sector for, for doing editorial and advertising. Uh, you can't, never tell people what you want to do you have to show them what you you can do and what you want to do so what i mean by that is like no one's going to hire you to do a stylized lit portrait if you don't have that in your portfolio um right if all you have is weddings or events but you want to do like you know like editorial portraits if you don't have any of that in your portfolio nobody's going to hire you for it no one's going to take a chance for you uh, yeah, well that's the case with any work you know i see that all the time i you know i coach and mentor other photographers and i see all the time where people come to me and they're they're like, oh, I just really want to focus on just newborns. I want to build my newborn business and that's what I want to do. And then I go in and do a portfolio review and their portfolio is full of headshots. Yeah. It's like, well, no one's going to hire you to photograph their newborn if all you're showing are headshots. So that's something I tell people too. It's like, you have to share what you want to put, bring in. That's what you need to put out. Yeah. And do whatever you got to do to make that work happen. I'm like, if all you have is headshots and no newborns, photograph your friend's newborn's baby for for free you know it's technically not not for free you should be getting something out of every shit you do whether it's a learning something or b getting a good amount of money uh or or c add into your portfolio something you never had before so like you always got to make sure you walk away with something from 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 a shoot that you're doing i actually love that you said that because walking away with images for your portfolio is walking away with something yeah that's i would say that's um almost more uh, it, it depends i would say that's more valuable than than money if you put out the work out and make the effort and put out the work that work out to the world and to the people that will see it to get hired hire you for especially you when you're just beginning i think there's a lot of shame sometimes people people feel around not charging for images when they're in the portfolio building stage but i think you know the value that you're getting out of that is building your portfolio and that's worth something so you can even think of those those free shoots or whatever as like marketing dollars you know it's funny that you say uh you said portfolio building stage i'm still building my portfolio Me I'm still too. <laughs> all the time. um i when i when i'm not doing client work i'm doing always personal work and personal work um it's not only it's, it's never quote unquote free to the talent if they ever say that i say hey you know i'm not charging you but it's costing me x x y and z and i'm getting the suit i'm getting the lights um, but um, but that being said, when you are doing your own shoot and the clients or the talent, I shouldn't say a client because they're not a client, the talent that you're collaborating with, um, you the only person you have to answer to is yourself. 
Um, so that's, um, again, that could be a double-edged sword because I hear a lot of photographers say, oh, it's a personal shoot, so I'm only going to bring one light or I'm keeping the gear to a minimum, um, which I don't think I wouldn't recommend. I do the opposite. If it's the, a personal shoot on my end, I have like no limits. I'll shoot it with eight by 10, four by five film digital, uh, one light or 10 lights if I need to, because when I'm showing that work to a potential client, to, to Nike um, or, or whomever, right? That's when I, I could go and just show off that, that photo shoot and say, hey, like literally I'll say, hey, this is personal work that I did. Um, and this is how this work looks like when the only person who have to answer to is myself. And this work that I love creating on my own time. And ad agencies, um, art buyers, um, art directors, they want to see that. They want to see what you do in your own time and what you come up with. Because when you have other work, for example, like, like the covers that I have for Sports Illustrated or any work like that, um, they know that there's, there was an art director on set, there was a client on set, and there all you're doing is to a certain extent being a technician and executing the vision they had. And they, you know, you could solve the problem. But when you're showing your own work, they're showing what you like to do and what you're passionate about. And that's what makes you stand out. Mm, I love that. Is that kind of how you developed your, your lighting style that you now like, cause I just saw that you, you're like, your images are being displayed in LA for the ballet, right? San Francisco, San Francisco, San Francisco. Ballet. Sorry. Yeah. Um, yeah. What, what are those California states? That's huge. Congratulations, by the way. But you know, the photos that you share that are massive and gorgeous, that's a style that I've been seeing you work with, even in your personal work for a long time. So, I mean, is that kind of how that, those things happen for you? Yeah, that is actually 100% personal work and they license those images. So when that actually happens, that's a lot, a lot, a lot more fulfilling than just um being just executing the uh, a vision for a client, which is there's nothing wrong with. Um, but like my ballet work um, that I do is 100% personal work and I have an entire portfolio dedicated to that. And I'm continually working on that, not only with uh, still photography, but video too, doing interviews and directing as well. And like, that's the work that um, I lead off now when I meet with any potential client. Um, and I tell them, hey, this is a body of work I've been working on my own for the past five years. And I literally say, this is how my work looks like when the only person I have to answer to is myself. Uh, and I've learned so much from doing that and reflecting back on that work um, and looking at it over again. Um, and um, uh, but that work, when it's personal like that, it is, I like to say when, um, when someone says like the, the great compliment you gave me in the beginning that when I see a photo and I know, that, you know, it's mine without looking at the, at the credit or, or who took it. I, I like to say that's because uh, a few things. Number one, the work is sincere and honest. And number two, it's showing it's, the work is a direct reflection of my internal flaws. Um, and when I'm saying flaws, I'm not saying that um, as, a, as, a, as, a, as a derogatory term or a black, bad way, but like ultimately I think when you can't make sincere work, um, and when I mean sincere work or honest work is that the, the work, um, you're making it on intuition or you're not, or you're making it with, um, you're going in being present when you're creating the work. Like you're not going in, like when I shoot a cover for a magazine or any client and they, like when you shoot a cover, like you have to make sure that the person's looking to the left, they're looking away from the gutter. And then you have to make sure you're, you get X, Y, and Z and they'll give you like certain things that you have to follow about. When you have anything like that on your mind, uh, that is, um, I want to say like a deterrent to true creativity because you have like things that are in your mind. You can't really create uh, on intuition. And um, when, when like, and with that personal work, like, again, the only person who have to answer to is myself. Um, and, and I say, when you're, when you truly could do that and be present um, with that talent and then, and be um, reactive um, and have expression this work, 
uh, that work becomes ultimately, right? If you could do that and you, you know really well what you're doing and uh, lighting and the technical aspect becomes second, second nature to you, like a, like a language. Um, the work I like to say is pretty much a reflection of you. Um, so like, I like to say that I'm like, yeah, I'm a mirror when I do that. And then the beautiful thing about that is that I'm a broken mirror. And when I say that again, it's not a derogatory term. Like we all have our, our quirks and, you know, and, and our flaws that, that, you know, that make us who we are. And ultimately I think is what makes us stand out. Um, and when, again, when I could be sincere and do that, like, right, I could show up my true mirror myself with all my breaks, with all my flaws and everything like that. And it's who I truly am. And generally when you have a client, right, you're trying to get away from those flaws and just make it like a, like whatever the client's vision is and stuff. So I love that. I love the idea of bringing those flaws into your work. Like, I don't, I don't know if you've ever come to one of my talks, but when I talk about marketing or I talk about business or anytime I'm teaching that, the, the number one thing I tell people to do is like figure out what it is that you, that you do, what that sincere part is. Like, I really believe that as photographers, you know, visual artists, like we are the only person on the entire planet who can see something the way that we see it and interpret it the way that we interpret it. You know uh -huh. what I mean? That's why you can put like 10 photographers in a room together and have everybody shooting the same thing and everybody's image is going to look different. Right. Yeah, that, and I, mean, I think that that's where the magic is. And that's what you're saying. It's like, so what I tell people, like, you really want to be successful. You really want to take your work to the next level, get in touch with that, whatever that is, like really try to figure it out and then just freaking do it <laughs> fearlessly. Well, Cause it's scary. Well, that, well, that's why personal work is so important and, and why you have to do it. Um, because when, again, when you have a client paying you, um, like for example, if a client hires me for a headshot or a portrait, I can't light them like I do some other ballet work because clearly like, you know, or, or even, even when I do uh, portfolio work, uh, I remember I was working with a, uh, I had a team and I was working with a, a basketball player and I had a stylist. Um, and then when you have a stylist on set, like they pull like a bunch of outfits and expensive outfits, right? And they'll bring like 10 of them. Um, so when you're doing that and you're working with a stylist, this is one reason why I don't work with uh, hair makeup artists or stylists when I do personal shoots with, um, with uh, ballet dancers because that limits the creativity. So for example, back to like that basketball example, like, right, I remember I was getting all into myself and like lighting it all, you know, blue and warm. And I remember Stella saying like, um, yeah, like the, like that's not the true color of the outfit. And I remember thinking like, damn, I mean, you're right. Like, right. So it's like when you're, when you're photo, like example, I can, the, the more function the photography has to serve, the less creative it could be. Well, I, I can totally see that, especially in editorial. Like if your job is to photograph clothes and then your lighting is changing the color of the clothes or the mm -hmm. design then that's yeah weird. it's really interesting maybe that's why you're so drawn to doing personal work I don't do any personal work really I uh to me that's I mean a little bit I do a little bit but yeah. I, it excites well, for me I know um that uh, uh I, I know it's true personal work and and that I'm really passionate about it when I could do when I have like a personal shoot with a dancer, sometimes with boxers, and and I could get up at four in the morning before my alarm sounds, do a 12-hour day, and come back after that, and then pack everything up and still be so charged up that I don't want to go to sleep. Yeah. Uh, right? and that's not getting paid any money, right? That's me costing me money, but I know that energy I get from that. Like, I know that's how valuable that is to me. Um, and when it's a, when the client work, it's not really like that, you know, don't get me wrong. I love the clients and, and there's nothing wrong with making money, but I think that, that again, for me, the, 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 my, what's most important to me is being able to express myself 
uh, sincerely. And again, the biggest thing for that, again, it, it just goes back to, to who you are and your flaws. Like, right, I'm originally from Nicaragua. I came here when I was six. And like self-expression is extremely important to me because like there was a dictator there in the 80s that, you know, they, they're not king to freedom of speech. Uh, and that dictator, you know, made my family leave Nicaragua and that same person still in power right now. So like my biggest thing on there that like that I value the most is being able to express myself freely. Um, and, uh, and, and again, when you have a client work in, or the work has a function to do, uh, in my mind, that's kind of a way to, um, it's, it's a way, certain way to censor your creativity. Cause it's like, again, like if you're trying to show uh, clothing or, or you need to see how that person looks like, it has to be lit a certain way. Uh, and no, I mean, there's nothing wrong with that. There's, lim there's liberation and some limitations. But again, when you're, when you're trying to create true expressive work, um, and, and getting ideas for that and get you excited for that. Like, like it, to me, like that, the, that fulfillment and satisfaction is, is what makes life worth living. Yeah, totally. I totally get that. But I think that that is, you get that through your, uh, personal work. So mm -hmm. for me, my paid client work there, it's just different, right? Because of the kind of work that I do. So I can go in and be like, this is what I do. And people are like, great. I either love it or I don't. And, um, and then they hire me for that. So I'm getting hired to do that thing. And you, I mean, I mean, you are too, but I just think it's really interesting. Um, your take on that. And I think it's really inspiring. Like sometimes I question myself that I'm not more inspired to do more personal projects. Well, it's, you, you have to find what motivates you, right? And if that doesn't motivate I'm, you, then then, yeah. then there's, there's no reason to do it. You know? I feel and like, like I, I get, I get my creativity in my studio work, working with my clients. I freaking love it. Yeah. I mean, that's awesome. Like, in, if, if, like to me, whatever fills your fire, you know, if you figured out what that is, like knock it out and do it. Um, but to me, for example, I know if I only did client work um, and only did what I was told, um, like I didn't become a creative to do what I was told. Yeah. Um, that that's that's the way I know that I would get burned out quickly. Yeah, when I hear photographers saying they're they're burned out or how do you keep from burning out, that, that to me, like at least in my perspective, signals to me that you you're not doing any work for yourself or you're not doing anything that excites you. I agree. Uh, think about I agree. I agree because you know I'm going into my 24th year of business. Isn't that crazy? Like that's I'm amazing. like literally a thousand years old. I know. Thank you. <laughs> But, um, and people ask me that all the time. It's like, how do you not get burnt out? It's like, well, you do what you love and you going back to like, what is that thing that you do? What's that little piece that you bring to whatever you do in your niche in the industry? Like when you figure that out and then you can show up and create in that all the time, you don't get burnt out because you love it. And that's your thing, you know? Yeah. I think, yeah. Helping people, you know, find, find their, their vision. That's, it's really hard. Because uh, it's really uh, um, scary, but um, when you um, when we can figure that out, I think it's extremely fulfilling. But there's some people that um, I, I think don't want to do that. You know, they just see it and they think it's really cool. And you know, if you just think something's cool, but you're not doing it for sincere reasons, it's kind of going to be like a fat to you. It's not going to. It's going to be cool for a second, but as soon as it gets hard, you're going to do something else. Yeah, hundred like, percent. A lot of people, I think, do what they think they should do because that's they think that's what they need to do to be successful. Instead of like now, if you really want to be successful and you really want to have a long term career, you have to tap into that thing. That's yours, I think. Yeah, I, I well, I think you, you have it has to be something important to you. Mm -hmm. When something's important to you, you will move the mountains and make it happen. 
uh, like I tell you know people I um I, I was helping mentoring the um somebody uh Brad Smith he re referred a photographer that hired him to to help edit he Brad Smith is the former editor of the New York Times and the Sports Illustrated um director of photography there and then uh, uh he works with photographers and then he he um somebody he was working with like uh the, he helps photographers out that hired him like he 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 just connected her to me to, uh, for some advice and then i remember she um wanted to do fashion photography and she just had recently become a mom uh right and then uh she was just telling me she was trying to you know get her career off the ground and doing everything and like um and then um i was like oh well you need to do x y and z this for your work and she was like, oh yeah well you know i'll have a, you know i was like um yeah i have a friend that's a stylist and i have this and that and i'm like oh that's perfect i mean like i'm like that's the shoot that you need that's work that you have to do and she's like yeah okay great um you know i'll i'll try to do it you know um and i asked her i'm like hey i, I i'm like you just have a, a newborn right yeah i forgot how, I, I think it was like her her son or daughter was like six or seven months or something like that uh and i asked her i was like um if i asked you is your is your daughter gonna eat tonight like what's the question that and she was like of course yeah and, and i'm like really yeah I'm, I'm like well how come the answer is like oh i'll try to oh yeah right right because it's important to you right it's a necessity the same thing for your career right if it's important if it's a necessity like right you'll figure out and you'll make it work if it's important for you right I, like i always say that to people like right if you're if it's not um important to you like you'll 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 end up doing something else but like there's people like i have a colleague a good friend of mine he has like four kids five kids and i'm like dude i have no idea how you do it i gave it all the credit in the world he's like yeah man a lot of people say that to me but it's like like you know like right if you have five kids and you love it you'll make it work yeah. right you'll figure it out and that to me is more hard more than the career but like and again like if it's if you find something that's really in tune to you that's valuable to you uh you'll figure it out and you'll make it work but again it has to be sincere it can't be that you're trying to impress your friends or your colleagues or or, or doing what you think you should do but once you figure that out, like nobody, like your reasons when you figure, figure them out, everything will, will come after that. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? If it's really oh, important to you. I think you're right. I think a lot of photographers, a lot of artists don't mm -hmm. treat their art like their job as a job. You know, you know, like, cause I hear what you just said, what she said to you. I hear that all the time. Like, oh, I really want this, but you know, I don't have the time to market myself or I don't have the time to learn this, or I don't want to invest in this, or I won't want to like all these, but reasons, excuses. And, um, you know, if you were going to a nine to five job, you wouldn't say that like, oh gosh, I really want to get paid. And I really want to come to this job, but I have a lot of other things. I just feel like you would never say that, you know, like if you, if this is your job, if photography is your job, you have to treat it like a job. I, yeah, you know, well, I mean, I, I, you know what I mean when you use the word job. I'm like, if it's something that's important to you, yeah, like I said, you you you'd figure out and and you would make it work. Like, right, a job is only important for people is because it's this quote unquote guaranteed or a safety net for money to make a living, you yeah. know. But let's say quote unquote guaranteed because it's like you could always get fired or laid off. So there's no guaranteed if you're there's an no guarantees in anything. Right? No, yeah, yeah. So it's like, but they that's what they see it as. Like, I get a job and I have X amount of hours that are working I get x amount of payment that makes me comfortable right yeah. so like that's you know then that becomes a priority to them which yeah. is like great so they'll do what they can to keep that job but again it's not necessarily that it's a job it's it's that it's um important to them uh, yeah you know like which is funny using the word job because I, I like to say well, like, jobs are important here. to me 
uh, well, like, like I said, well, jobs are important for me for the, uh, again, for the, for the money again, like, uh, for like creative stuff. Like I just go all out creatively, like, um, with personal work, like I like at minimum to shoot with a talent four or five hours at minimum, if not eight to 10 to 12 hours for your personal. Um, wow. Yeah. If they, if someone's like, Oh, like, well, I could only shoot one or two hour max. Then I'm like, you're making that a job for me. Right. And it's personal work and I'm not getting paid. So you're making this a job for me and I'm not getting paid. So there's no reason for me to do it. I love right? that. <laughs> so like, I, so you're like, this is my like, show. Yeah, it, it, it pretty much is. It's like, you know, if it's important to me, like if you're not as excited uh, uh, to uh, uh, for the shoot as I am, then there's a problem. And um, there's something my my football coach used to say that I never really understood. But this is true, not only just for football, but I think for anything in life is when anybody you know, on the group or, or, or the situation, well, on football, like, right, he would say, he would say in practice, if everybody that's on the field is not going to 100%, things go really bad and someone's going to get hurt. That's the same thing with uh, uh, personal work or in a professional job. If everybody's there not giving 100%, really bad things happen, especially in personal work, like, right, if you're going 100% and the talent's not that excited, this is going to resentment that's going to grow, like, right, and if mm-hmm. anybody's acting like they're doing you a favor, that is 100% toxic and, and it's really bad. Like the quote from uh, Carlito's way is that a favor will kill you faster than a bullet. It's 100% true. If anybody's a ever acting like they're doing cur- a favor. What is that? What is the quote again? A favor will kill you faster than a bullet. Oh, yeah. Because <laughs> you're right, because then people get resentful. Maybe that's why people have such a bad taste in their mouth about doing portfolio shoots or maybe you don't see it in, in your part of the, your side of the industry as much, but in family portrait work, people get kind of resentful about it, about doing portfolio building sessions. When you say people, who, who gets resentful about it? The photographers. You mean the- I see, the, it, in the, my, the, I see it in my community okay. all the time. Like, it's almost like they feel ashamed about it. You know, like um, in my face group, group groups or whatever, it's like people will talk about, oh, I'm wanting to do this. I want to do this. I want to build my portfolio. Um, and it's like this weird feeling guilty or shame around doing intentional portfolio building se- like sessions yeah, well i could see that people getting shame from other photographers because they feel like they're getting their business taken away from someone's just doing that for, for free uh yeah i don't know i mean maybe that's it but but it's this it is this thing and so i love the way that you're talking about it because you're talking about like this is how i'm getting my creativity like this is how i'm getting like energized and mm-hmm. I'm building my portfolio and I'm creating a body of work that I love that is 100% authentic to me. I just think it's a really refreshing spin on it. Yeah. And uh, um, and again, that, that when you're doing portfolio work the, the or personal work, the great benefit is you get to pick who you photograph. Yeah. Right. Not the not the other way around because you're, you're making a decision. So when you're doing that, that's the biggest thing. And like the biggest thing for me is uh, um, having chemistry, good chemistry with whoever I'm working with. Right. You know, and if the person doesn't have self-belief, if the person, like, for example, what I do, I get paid a lot of money to do the, the uh, shoots, like, right, and um, it's being used for marketing and advertising and all that stuff. And if the person, for example, doesn't, like, like for example, like, right, I, I shoot ballet, and then I had a, um, a, a lady that was local, that, like, that was, like, in her late 40s that does recreational dancing. 
and she wanted to, to shoot with me. And that's a um, hard no, not to be disrespectful to her, but like, that's not going to up my work. Like, right. That's not going to benefit me. Like, if you want me to photograph you, okay, hire me, you know, my rates start at $5,000. Yeah. Um, you know what I mean? And, and, and then like, if it's not going to benefit my portfolio or push my work creatively, um, then, then it's like, there's no reason for me to, to get excited about that, you know? And then yeah, when you're doing personal work that, that, you know, it lets you make that, you know, let's make, make those choices. Um, yeah, so that, that I love uh, this. I actually love the way this conversation is going because I started asking you about like, Hey, how'd you get started? Tell me about your lighting style. And then, you know, we've ended up in this conversation about personal work that I think is really important. But if, if someone were to come to you, so let's say, cause you know, your genre is sports photography, you do it beautifully. It's what you're known for. So if somebody were to come to you who is starting their career as a photographer and really wants to get into that genre, like, or any genre, I guess this we can even take sports out of it. Like somebody's coming to you, new photographer, they really want to get started. What would you tell them? Like, what, what is your advice for people who are wanting to do this? Yeah, I, I would say um, what was a number of things you go about. I would say the most important thing would be, again, to shoot the, for the jobs you want, not the ones you're getting. So if you want to be a fashion photographer, um, number one, really realize what that is. And you should be real passionate about fashion. Um, because like, I see this a lot in colleges, like with, with students with their portfolio, they want to, they want to be a fashion photographer and shoot fashion. Right. And then you look at their portfolio books and, you know, they spend all the time on the lighting and the retouching, you know, and, and, you know, renting the phase one camera, you know, in their, in their, in their colleges and everything like that. But, um, they're photographing their friends. So right off the bat, like that work's not usable because you could 100% tell they're not a, a model, professional model they're working. And two, you could tell a stylist is not the best because they didn't work with a stylist, right? Mm -hmm. uh, so you have to like, you know, it's like saying, um, you know, I really want to photograph, um, uh, you know, uh, like marathon runners, like, right? Well, like if you really want to photo marathon run photograph marathon runners, like, right? Don't grab your friend you know, that's Joe. And Blow pretend to make him pretend he's a marathoner. And then put, put him in a, you know, running shoe because you could tell right off the bat when they're not a, you know, long distance runner because that, th those athletes have a certain physique to them, right? Mm -hmm. So you have to, you have to be aware of that. Like, for example, the biggest learning experience I had with that, uh, when I didn't work before with um, stylists or hair and makeup artists, those are extra people you bring on your crew that, that, that have one job and do one thing really well is that uh, um, again with photographers like right you're so thought thinking about oh let me get my composition the lighting the retouching and all that right and then I remember I was doing a portfolio review and I had a great uh I, or I thought I had a, a great basketball photo um that I was really proud of and then the person reviewing the uh the person reviewing the the, the work that I had looked at that photo you know and pointed out that you know he was wearing Nike socks with Adidas shoes right and oh. um I mean, do things like that like that right off the bat tells you you don't know uh, like when potential clients are looking at your work, sometimes the last thing that they're thinking about is the the technical photography aspect of it. They're looking at everything else, like who you could get in front of your camera. I think it's more important almost than the technical aspect of it. Um, and then again, for anything like that, that's advertising or, or fashion like that, you need to make sure all the brands and everything you're saying is coherent and it works. Like mm -hmm. and not having like right having two separate you know brands like as simple as that as a a Nike sock and Adidas uh, shoes uh, or vice versa around doesn't matter technically how good that photo is or how amazing you think that is it falls on that and then that that whoever our buyer or potential client is looking at that and saying this guy doesn't know what he's doing mm -hmm. because that's, that's a great point 
in the technical aspect that I think a lot of people don't don't realize. So I would say number one, get that straight straightened out on what you want to do. Like right, you know what I so, mean? Like so like if you uh, want to be a fashion photographer, work with fashion models. Yep, exactly. And, and work get with a stylist. Like do like not only show the kind of work you want to shoot, but actually shoot the kind of work you want to shoot. So don't yeah. make it up. Don't pretend. Like yeah, like if you want to be a a, a fashion stylist, like it's probably you only have. 500 bucks to like put the shoot together it's probably more important for you to to use that money and invest it in getting good models and a good team than it is for you to get like a fancier camera or lighting or anything like 100%. that because ultimately like right, right wor not, not worst case scenario like right like you you could go outside and you just use a reflector and if your mod if your model's on point the hair and makeup's on point and then the stylist is on point that'll work and i'll carry you through versus like spending all the money in the studio running a bunch of lights and then the phase one camera and and then neglecting everything else and at that point like the camera and the lighting all it does is um uh it photographs or, or it'll capture whatever you put in front of it so what you put in front of your camera depending on what you're doing it's it's more important than than you know than than the actual gear you're using i love that 100 percent agree I love that. So can we talk about your lighting really quick? Yes, absolutely. Because I'm a huge fan of your lighting. It's very different than what I do. Um, and how did you like, so like I'm looking at the pictures behind you on the wall, like the colors and it's all very dramatic and it's, you know, multiple lights set up. And like, is that something that you were kind of always drawn to do or did that evolve? Like, how did you come to that style? Because that's what I think of when I think of your work. Yeah, you know, I... Don't know how, how that came to. I, I I just knew I always loved stuff that are visually interesting, um, and I was never intimidated by lights or or, or like a, um like really like complicated looking lighting uh, setups. I always saw them and I was always like intrigued by them, and I'm like, oh my god, I want to uh, I want to figure that out. But I um I like to say lighting um for me is very very um expressive. It's very very emotional, um and um like I I think. Originally, when I got into photography, I thought that making a good photo was dialing in some settings on a real fancy camera and lens, and and like that that somehow would make a magically make like a, an amazing photo. So having that mindset, like I dove into the technical aspects of photography and lighting, like to like learn everything, and then um, until I realized I was like I have to interact with people and I'm awkward as hell. I was like, oh damn, You're right? Um, and uh, uh, I was really, really bad uh, uh, social skills. So after that, um, so that's equivalent to, to that's equivalent, in my opinion, to saying like, I want to be a really good writer, so I'm going to dedicate myself to memorizing the dictionary, right. and then mastering them. Right? It, it it does help, but they're not necessarily correlated to each other. Right? Like if you memorize right. the dictionary, or that's like thinking, oh, a spelling bee champion's got to be an amazing writer. Right. right like that's not necessarily true right you can know a lot of words and all that what's more important for that is your 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 experiences um and then again i i think my biggest asset uh again which is my biggest flaw is that i'm extremely emotional um and, and my work is expressive and and emotional so it's like i think like so after realizing that like right i dove more into like um uh interpersonal skills um uh like so taking courses like a uh, uh like Brian Tracy or like listening to Zig Ziglar or Tony Robbins and learning how to interact with people and how to hold a conversation. Uh, and that, so like, I, I felt like I 
went backwards uh, in my career, but I think that actually ended up helping me out because it's like, it's literally like trying to become a good writer and then memorizing the dictionary and then memorizing the grammar rules. And then after that, oh, dang, I got to have life experience, something to write about and right. then going out and learning that and doing that. So that's kind of the way I went about it. And then so, so you like, started I, I, with the technical and then you came back to the people. Yeah, because I, yeah, you have to, right? At the end of yeah, the day. Yeah, because I started with the people and then I was like, oh, I don't know what I'm doing. And then I decided to learn the technical. Yeah, but starting with the people, I would say is much more important because what, like, if you look at a lot of um, successful photographers, a lot of them don't know technical stuff at all. Mm -hmm. um, and, and if you could get your meetings, if you could connect with a potential client, like when I go to a portfolio review meeting now, um, like I know some people might not like what I'm about to say, but whenever I go to a meeting, portfolio review or, or anything. Like you're giving my, a portfolio review? No, no, no. When I'm showing my work. So oh, potential oh, oh, client oh, okay. or, or meeting people that, that could potentially hire me. Um, like, like I said, this might upset some people or disappoint people, but like my number one goal uh, at that point is to charm whoever I'm with, make them love me as a person. Because uh, I think at least from my point where I'm at, like if you get a portfolio review or you get a meeting with someone, they're not going to give you that meeting unless they already like your work. So that your work at that point already got you to the door. Now they just want to meet you to see if they like being around you, or if they like you or if not. They want to work right? with you. Spend, yeah. And yeah, they want to spend 10, 12 hours with you. So like that, at that point, your interpersonal skills and, and all that, it's much more important than your portfolio review. Um, and you are very good at that. I have seen you work your magic at WPPI and you're like, you yeah, I tried that, that, work in the room. <laughs> that's much more important. And then, um, uh, well, again, other advice I would tell people that I've learned the hard way is that when I'm doing personal work and getting quote unquote creative and being an artist, being highly emotional, like you get rewarded with amazing work. At least I do. Right. And do you think work. it helps you connect to your people? Like if you, when you're emotion, you show that, that they can like your talent you're working with. Well, it, it's expressive lighting. So yeah, um, yeah. I'd I like to think so. But so like, that's the plus side to that. The other thing that I've learned the hard way when it comes to business, if you're emotional, you will severely be punished for that. and have repercussions for that. Cause when it comes to business, you cannot take things personally. It's yeah. literally that it's just business. So you have to remove your emotion out of it and, and be professional. Uh, mm -hmm. So that that's uh, one thing that I, I I've learned the the hard way, and to not you know when, when you're dealing back and forth with agreements and all like that, don't don't get emotional, be professional on on the on the email and all like that. Yeah, like but, don't uh, get personally. Yeah, uh, back to you know literally I was just dealing. Uh, I'm talking to other colleagues that shoot like they have really cool jobs, and uh, like even the cool jobs that that I get like right um, because you see a lot of like magazine covers or ads and all that stuff. And like, if you look at it, like realistically, not a lot of that work is the best work out there or the most amazing work. And that's because um, I, I genuinely believe this. And again, this might be a reality that a lot of people might, uh, that a lot of people probably won't like that are listening to this, is that it, the, the jobs or the most, uh, or the quote unquote more prestigious jobs or the most funnest jobs or the most amazing jobs rarely go out to the person that's the quote unquote best for that job or does the best work or is the best technical photographer. Uh, the, all those work, all those jobs, like you're talking about having your people skills that you didn't know anything up front, they go to the person, in my opinion, that could navigate a lot of the corporate nonsense and kind of BS without getting personal and navigate that and get through that intact and be able to still land that job and then go through it, right? Yeah, so some of the amazing work Right. Uh, it doesn't matter. Like, like again, to give you like a sports analogy, it doesn't matter um, 
uh, I, I, I think it might have been Michael Jordan who said this, right? Or it was another uh, uh, very well-known basketball player. Uh, they said that the best basketball player in the United States is not in the NBA. They're somewhere out there playing in the streets and nobody knows who they are, like, right? To the point where being, it doesn't matter how talented of a basketball player you are. If you don't get along with your coach and if you have an attitude and that coach benches you, right? You're not going to be able to show your talent to anybody on the bench. Mm-hmm. right similar thing for uh for at least the business i'm in like right um uh, like even then i i started uh, when, uh, when i first started i shot little league um uh, in high school sports and I also shot engagement sessions and weddings um uh, and, and weddings like right if you look um you know i would look at the local wedding photographers or like wppi and would see like the oh who's the most expensive who's charging the most right and that doesn't equate to the best work right when you're doing weddings and all that right it's Basically, like if you shoot weddings, it, it's your you're you're basically I would say uh, probably 20, 30 percent photographer, and the other seventy percent is customer service and customer being a service psychologist. and business and marketing. Yeah. Oh, and being a therapist and a friend too. Yeah. To, oh. You know, oh yeah. Right. Oh yeah. And being helpful, I always like, say right? like like photography is like ten percent of my job. Like I work with new moms and stuff. Yeah. Photography what, is ten percent of my job. I'm a 100%. counselor. I'm a support. I sit with people while they cry. I hear the stories. I like all of that. That's that's again. That's more important than than the work itself. And a lot. Of, and then again, like I, I almost hate saying this when I when I guest speak at, at colleges and universities, and I tell the students that like you know you could you could be successful. I'm not, I'm not advocating to do mediocre work. Do the best you can, but you you'll be more successful doing C minus level work. And having good business and, and interpersonal skills and doing A plus work and lacking completely on that. I nobody... 100% agree. And I'm so glad you tell those that to people because that's the reality. Yeah. Right? And then uh, 100%. And then to the thing that you were saying, you know, how you first started, you know, you, you, you knew all the, you had all the people skills and you did that, you know, technical stuff. Back to me saying, you know, to like, like that's more important than the technical stuff because a lot of successful photographers, um, um, are still like that and then when you're landing those big jobs you could literally hire a knowledgeable lighting assistant that will do everything for you you just tell them what you want and they do all, and a lot of successful photographers don't know a lot about lighting don't know a lot about the setup because they have a team that does it for them oh yeah like and commercial photographers, photographers yeah and some photographers i i hear like uh literally i was talking at a conference you know a year ago um uh, with a photographer who took um a workshop with a really well-known photographer and they weren't happy because they're like, yeah, that guy doesn't know what he's doing. He says he actually has two lighting guys to do everything for him. And they, he tells them what, you know, how he wants us to look and they do it for him and blah, blah. And she was just going off on, on you know, on how that that's shameful and blah, blah. And I, never, and I told him, like, well, like, you know, that photographer might not know the technical aspect of photography, but he's shooting all these high-end jobs and all these celebrities. But I guarantee you, he knows how to deal with egos of A-list celebrities. He knows how to deal with publicists. And that's way more important than, you know, you knowing, you know, like how to set up, you know, lights and doing all this stuff like that. Um, and, you know, that person was just like, you know, not, not happy to hear that, but I'm like, that's the reality of the fact of it. That's you know? his job. Yeah, that's part of his job is to manage that. I tell people that like, because um, uh, a lot of students look at my work and they're like, oh, if I could only light like that, like I could be successful. I'm like, no, like if all that's all you want to learn how to light like that, I'll make you a great lighting assistant, not a great photographer. <laughs> um, part of being an actual photographer is number one, having something you're passionate about. And I even then for my personal work, and, and this is talking about like a 10, 12 hour photo shoot day, right? That 10, 12 hours when I do that personal shoot, that's maybe just 20% of the work. 
I have to do the, the prep for it, the actual 10 to 12 hours. That's the fun part. And then after that, I have to like go over all the images, retouch them, deliver them to the talent and then market the living hell out of them for like literally the rest of my life. Right. And, and like, that's like, you know, pitching them and all that stuff like that. That's, that's the other 80% that's the of work it. part. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, I want to ask you one more question and then I'm going to mm -hmm. let you go. Cause I want to be respectful of your time, but okay. No, Let's talk about imposter syndrome. And the reason I'm bringing this up is that it's just, it's something that I'm always curious about. And so many people struggle with it. So many people in, uh, you know, the photographers I coach struggle with it. And I always tell people that I struggle with it. And then people are like shocked for some reason. Do you struggle with imposter syndrome? Have you ever struggled with imposter syndrome? And then how do you handle it? You know, I, I this is really interesting. I, number one, never. Uh, number two, if you've never struggled with imposter syndrome. If, I would say if, if there's an opposite thing of imposter syndrome, that's probably what I have, uh, right? Because um, think about it. If uh, I, I come from uh, like a lot of stuff, like I know that's probably really, really arrogant, but like I come from, I've never done, and I was talking about this to um, to Matthew. You're literally Jordan. blowing my mind. I thought I was going to say that, and you were going to be like, "Yeah, I have to." What? Okay, Never. So I would, um, do, why do you what okay talk me through this now I'm just fascinated 100% I was actually talking to Matthew Jordan Smith about this he's a celebrity photographer um and I saw him at the Adriana's workshop which is a um that's a workshop for journalists that I went to in 2011 um that's really prestigious and have like all the best journalists and editors from around the world uh but anyhow, to try to make a long story short I um I took my little camera there because I was like oh I want to film videos of like some of the editors and the people that are there to give advice so Matthew Jordan Smith was one of them and he's had a 37 year career and wow. then the, the question that I asked him I was like in the 37 years that you've been a photographer I'm like what's the biggest thing you learn about yourself and one of the things he said was that uh, or what he said actually was that um he that he's learned that for him, imposter syndrome is part of the process. He's like, he's had it since he started his career. He shot, he's shot an insane amount of celebrities, ad campaigns for the biggest brands in the world, and insane amount of magazine covers. And he says that he still has imposter syndrome. And that for him, it's something that he's learned to live with. And that, that's for him as part of the creative process. Uh, so anyhow, when you I know, got that I done, totally relate to that. Like that makes so much sense to me. So I want to hear about you never having. I couldn't. I couldn't relate to that at all. So one of the things that I did tell him uh, was, you know, I'm like, that's really interesting, Matthew, because um, I've never had that at all. And one of the things that I know that I've been really, that I didn't realize that actually till last year that I, I, I think I, I had a, a, a really interesting learning experience. That I think I, I've never had imposter syndrome because I've had the privilege to be around athletes, um, and I've covered a lot of boxers. And you cannot be a professional or want to aspire to be a professional boxer and have imposter syndrome because the second you do, you're going to get popped in the mouth and you're going to get knocked out and you're going to be out of that ring because everybody else in there is really competitive. And in boxing, you're literally fighting for your life. And uh, boxing, I would say, is just like it's like soccer and it's like art. Um, they're, like in boxing, there are no world champions from Beverly Hills or the Hamptons because it's a brutal and barbaric sport. And you have to have a need and a necessity to want to succeed. If you have another option, right, you're not going to make it, right? People from people that are privileged, uh, right, have another option, and they're, you're not going to be able to compete to someone that literally has to fight for their life. Uh, so again, being being you can't fake 
passion and you can't fake uh, uh, chemistry or having something. And then the other way to, 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 you know, the other like key indicator to that is that people with all the resources, uh, with the most money in the world and the best trainers and the best facilities in the world, uh, for example, like, uh, and I'm, sounds like I'm throwing shade on this, but I'm sorry, I'm speaking the truth. Uh, like for example, in the World Cup, the United States is the number of super one power in the world, right? They have the best facilities, most money and everything like that, right? And they lose to third world countries, to kids who grew up playing soccer, barefoot in mud and on grass, right? Because those kids have to freaking fight for their life and make that happen, right? And when you're, when you're around people like that, when you're, I, I've been around athletes like that, right? That's infectious and that's contagious. Right. So when they want to do that and, and I'm working with a boxer and they they never question you like, oh, let's, let's try this. OK, let's do this. I'll bring like a full setup. All right, cool. Let's do it. Let's knock it out. Right. And they want to be great and they they want to be the best they can be because they know that's what they don't have a choice. And you're around that. That's infectious. Mm. But that's a double edged sword. If you're around people that are insecure. Right. That are always putting that out. Right. They're going to put that to you. So I uh, what I told Matthew Jordan Smith and I'll tell anybody that has imposter syndrome is try to be, and this is something that I've learned over time, try to be self-aware of the people around you and how they affect you. And the reason why I said that is because I've never had imposter syndrome and I, I've always been around professional assets like that. They never question my work and they always believe in themselves. And I, I generally, when they do my personal work, I work people that are in the top 1% of their, of their field and, and at their best. And last year, I was trying to do a project where I was trying to work with people that were not on the top, like 1%. Uh, and it was a group, um, and it, this was last year, mind you, not, not that long ago. And what I found out for them is that they were questioning everything that I did. And they were making me feel like it was 2005 and I just picked up a camera and I had no portfolio, right? And I was like, in that situation, two things are gonna happen. Either I am gonna bring them up to my level and my standard, I'm going to make this work, or they're going to bring me down to their level and make me question everything I, I do. I'm outnumbered because I was trying to do a group photo, uh, you know, a group project, uh, like five to one, you know, seven to one. And I'm like, that's a, a lot of energy that I don't want to ex expend doing that. So I just dropped that project. So I would say if you're working, uh, if you have imposter syndrome, that is not coming internally. That is coming from people around you that like even joking uh, and, and doing stuff in, in, in jokes, like the mind can't separate a joke from reality. So we, if you say stuff like joking, like, oh yeah, like I need to lose weight or oh, yeah, I'm ugly or blah, 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 and that. I'm like, such like, a dumbass. Oh. Yeah, exactly. Like the saying that, like that, like, right. You're, you're like, you wouldn't let anyone talk to your child like that. So why do you talk to yourself like that? Right. You know what I mean? And literally like the way I deal with negativity now, uh, even with talents, like, like, like literally like I have zoom meetings or or better yet if i can before i do a personal shoot with somebody i meet with them in person right to see if, if it's a good chemistry and what's what's good chemistry is um for example again like when i work with like the top boxers or a, a top ballet ballerina right and, and i say oh i want to do this i want to do exhibitions i want to do uh self-publish a book uh right just being silent Okay, great. Just saying, okay, cool. Let's knock it out. That's great. Uh, that's the type of people I want to work with. All right, cool. Let's make this the best it can be. Um, and then when I know when I'm not, when it's somebody uh, that is being negative or anything like that, like, right, if you have to talk somebody up or if you have to give them a, pop, uh, a pep talk or get them excited, that's the wrong person to work with because they shouldn't need, need to have that. Uh, number two, if you need to give it that to them, like, right, uh, that's, that's a red flag for me. 
But uh, number two, to give you an example, right? Um, trying to self-publish a photo book or trying to do exhibitions, those are things that I'm trying to push myself creatively that I've never done before. And to give you an idea, like, right, I was trying to work with somebody, you know, in, in kind of in that realm that's not in the 1%, because I was like, oh, you know what? Like, I'm missing out on great stories and I'm, I'm to a certain extent generalizing, you know, people that are a certain rank or something like this to, to be like that, which unfortunately, like, it's true because I, like, working with some of the, best athletes in the world and some of the best dancers in the world they all have a certain mindset um and when you start to go people that are not on the top level you they, there's just a huge variety on the way they think and here's one perfect example of one, one people that, uh one of the persons i was trying to work with besides questioning everything uh that you do um they were uh, questioning the way you work well not yeah well just everything but like for example like like uh like right oh okay do you want to do uh like 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 here's a quick example like if you want to do a photo with someone like oh, okay cool like if they're used to doing mediocre shoots with like photographers that just go outside and snap a few photos and you say okay let's do a shoot and you rent out a whole studio and you have a full setup professional right and then and, and all the lights and everything like that oh well, what's this for what, what are you using all this for like right like they almost feel like they don't deserve it but if you work with like a, a like a high-end like any upcoming boxer they're not going to question that they're going to be like oh damn okay they're going to say like shit this is like nice okay cool i'm, I'm going to step my game up instead of saying oh like what's all this for like right right and um when i was telling the other person that uh, um you know okay like like this is what i want to do x y and c like the response was like oh but who's ever going to want a photo of me or who's ever going to want to see a photo of me mm. like, right um uh, okay. so just having that i don't want to be around that mindset that to me that's toxic like right and this is gonna sound really harsh and it might sound like a jerk uh but i i don't care i rather sound like a jerk than to suffer severely or, or or eternally from imposter syndrome but if that's the way you if that's what you're speaking out to me when i just told you i want to do x y and z i'm trying to do this i want to have it you know show my work four foot by six foot i want to do exhibitions in new york chicago and san francisco and that's your response to me um i'm not gonna i, I i'm not gonna be your cheerleader i'm just gonna say well you know what i agree with you um and i must this isn't gonna work so I'm, I'm i'm gonna work with somebody that that be believes in you like you know what i mean because i think um and i think i actually love that so much i think that makes so much sense like i would never put that together i would never come up with those words myself but I even remember like at the beginning of my career when I like when I was working with a family or you know in my studio and trying to direct and if I got pushback and it's usually from like the dad or whatever like they didn't want to do that or they thought this was a waste of time or it was taking too long I would internalize that and it would make me question myself and doubt myself and like am I taking too long do I not know what I'm doing like is this a stupid pose or whatever and it would affect me. And now, 24 years in, if I'm getting pushback like that, I know I don't get pushback like that anymore because I think the way I carry myself is different. Yeah. The direction I give myself is different. And it's just like, I, it just, it's a non issue now. Yeah. But I think I, that's also because of the energy I bring to it, where it's like, this is, this is my show and you are here and I'm going to direct you <laughs> and you're going to do what I say. The, the the biggest thing I've learned about myself is when I do personal work, um, and, and again, this is personal work, like, right, I don't have, I, uh, um, I remember I, I started starting one of that project, um, and I'm trying to be as discreet as I can, um, but one of the, the things that I do notice, or that I, that I take note of, is um, how people see themselves, and um, so for example for that other example that i said that like when the when i was like oh i want to do this this and that and a person responded um who's ever going to want to see a photo of me 
if you don't believe in yourself, why the hell should I believe in you? So I'm not going to waste my time with you. So number one, you're done. But number two, most importantly, creatively for me, right? Um, and this is um, uh, what's most important for me when, when I'm doing creative work. I want people that inspire me, that infuse me with, to do more work. I'm generally trying to push myself creatively and do something I haven't done before, mm-hmm. right? So uh, I'm trying to do something that I might be, for example, that might take eight steps to get to, right? And I am maybe in step two or three at a like eight. And generally when I'm doing that, I'm collaborating with someone, I'm showing them uh, the process of what I'm trying to get to, um, right? And I think creativity and someone that's good to work with always like, it's like improv, like, right? And they say improv. Yeah, they're gonna yes and you. Yes, yes and, and, right? Yes yeah. and you gotta keep it going, like, right? Someone that's negative, like, right? And like, and again, this happened. Um, and like, this is why I didn't end up working with that person. It's like, I, you know, I, I did something and I showed them really uh, fast. Um, how it looked and they don't even you don't even have to say anything it's how you react because i showed them a photo of themselves and just the reaction was just like oh like that oh, like yeah. right now, like it looks so, like if you do that it, like right as soon as that person said that um and thinking about, i was like damn i'm gonna have to work with this person i'm like no because the reason why that is a red for personal work why that's a red flag for me is because when i'm doing a photo shoot for me i've learned i don't have the mental capacity to be your psychiatrist and to be creative at the same time I only have enough mental capacity for one. And in order for me to push myself creatively, I have to feel safe to fail and to be able to do things I haven't done before. In order to do that, I need someone that's not going to constantly be saying how ugly they look because it's like working with someone that thinks that they're like, again, they don't even have to say that. It's just a reaction when they see the work. That's a toxicity that they have an issue they have with themselves that they're going to, that's going to spill into yourself, into your own work. You're going to be questioning yourself. So when, when that person is like that, like, right, I, uh, I, that's number one, I will never do personal work for them. But number two, like, would I work with them? Yes, if they're paying me. But then again, at that point, when they're paying me, right, you're giving me that money. Now you're giving me a ton of money just to be your, your, your therapist and your psychologist, right? Because I got to cheer you on and be like, oh, no, 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 you look beautiful. You look great. Oh, no, no, let's do this. Let's try that. Like when you're doing all that, right, for me, I can't do that and be creative too at the same time um it, it, I can but I choose maybe I can, you choose but I, not I, to in your personal yeah, work no that yeah. makes sense of sense because why 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 give my 100 why be emotionally vulnerable to somebody that's just going to destroy the idea just because they don't like themselves internally who they are mm-hmm. right and I think um that's probably like what I was speaking with Matthew Jordan Smith like I'm like you know have you been aware of who's around you and the people you work yes they may be models yes they may be celebrities but somebody if they don't like themselves that is infectious in a negative way and they'll spill that out to you and they'll give that insecurity to you like right like I was saying that that that, that project yeah. I was trying to do they were questioning everything I did and they were making me feel like like again like it was 2005 and I picked up a camera a week ago and like what the hell you know like and like, that was their just, energy not yours but that's other like right and i'm thinking like it, that really made me think a lot about when i first started and i had all those insecurities because i'm like they're making me feel like that and i photograph some of the best athletes in the world for the best publications and the best brands and they're still questioning me so it made me yeah. realize that when i first started it was all internal right yeah, I, just, I love that this, that's like the most this, interesting this. take on imposter syndrome i think i have ever heard and I'm so glad I asked. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm glad. Like, 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 when people, and, really people like to, um, 
uh, uh, like people always like to um, relate and dwell on the negativity and complaining, like, right? It's easy. Yeah. Like complaining is easy, like, right? Yeah. Uh, uh, it, it's hard to actually make something happen and stay, like people either do two things, they either uh, uplift you, right? And inspire you or, or they, they bring you down, like, right? They're, it's one or the other, right? It, yeah. It's never, never, never both or never like in between, like little people like, so when, uh, one of the things that I try to be really self-aware about is after I have a conversation with someone, right, interact with someone, how do they affect me? How do they let me, my internal thought after I'm done? Do they let me feel- well, I love that, like how they make you feel. Excited, yeah, or do they leave me like questioning stuff or like, I should have said this, or they're arguing this or blah, 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 or like, or, or they're toxic to me. Um, and, and then doing that, like, and, and a lot of people, like, if you look, um, like, because unfortunately, like, right, negativity and toxicity is, is rewarded. Like, right, like, like you, 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 you post something that, oh, something bad happened to you or something ridiculous happened to you. And then you get a ton of comments, right? And people yeah, complain yeah. or blah, blah, blah. And people like to joke about that and laugh at it. And I'm like, like I said, right, the mind doesn't know whether you're joking, you're being serious. So I, I don't, I don't even joke about that. Even, even this, like, right, even talking with you, um, this is a perfect example, right? On how you're freaking amazing, right? And I'm not just saying that because you're in your podcast, but to anybody listening, listening to this, I, um, I, I, I would say I, I've, no center a few years and I've only met her in person a handful of times. Um, and like, right, you were a hell of a lot more supportive than another colleague I had that I've known for over a decade. And this person um, has loaned me gear when I needed it. This person knows who I am. They loaned me lights. They, 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 they've helped me out. I've known them much, I would say easily 10, if not 20 more times better than, than Sandra. And um, we were talking and you were extremely encouraging me to do, um, you know, uh, a, a lighting tutorial uh, mm -hmm. you know, and doing all that on, you know, how much that could benefit me in my career and how much value I have to give. And you were just being so encouraging and so helping, like, right. And you got me all excited. And I remember talking to this uh, friend of mine, like, right. And this is why I say, be aware of realistically, you know, if you have imposter syndrome of your friends uh, and how they make you feel and of their actual friends. Um, and again, I have nothing against this person and I've known them way longer than you have. And in person, I've been to their house and I said all this stuff. Um, but, you know, after I had a few conversations and I was getting everything ready for, uh, for that, I was talking with them on the phone until I was really excited. And I was like, yeah, you know, so I'm going to do this. And this person said this and I'm doing, you know, I'm going to do my own lighting course. Their initial response to that was like, oh, I wouldn't buy it. And I'm not the customer for it that that was their response to it like right that's and really shocking especially like anybody who knows your work your work is so cool like i want the reason i want you to teach a lighting course because i want to take it <laughs> uh, uh, <but laughs> like my, my, i want to learn from you but no i totally hear what you're saying and i think that um and my point being on that had i gotten that feedback like eight years ago or maybe five years ago that would have crushed me and actually stopped me but like that made me realize i'm like dude, that's your problem. Like, right. Mm -hmm, I'm like, mm -hmm. you're literally just saying that to try to bring me down. And because you can't do a lighting course, you can't do like lighting like I do. And uh, whatever, I don't care what your reasons are. Yeah. Like I said, people are either trying to bring you up or bring you down. Obviously that comment like was not supportive at all. And it was pretty unnecessary. And if you get to say something like that to somebody like, right. Um, unless somebody is asking you specific feedback to like, Hey, can you, this is my I think this plan that I have is bulletproof. Can you find any holes in it? Yeah. Right. The, then, 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 then go in and dig into it like that. But if someone's just excited and they're sharing something with you, 
don't yeah. try to rain in their parade and say, well, oh, they, there's that oh. phrase like that you are, you know, you're the combination of the five people you hang out with, right? Like you do. We, and I think you're right. Like as creatives, I think we're all emote, like really emotional people and like making sure that you are surrounding yourself with people who are encouraging and who are giving you good energy and lift you up. I think it's complete. I think that's great advice for our listeners, Alexis. Yeah. <laughs> I'm so glad I got to be that voice for you. Yeah. And I'll, yeah, yeah, for the, for the lighting course. No, absolutely. Yeah. And literally I was talking to you about a friend today, uh, my, like my best friend today and saying like, Hey, like, uh, cause, uh, by the way, I actually did film, um, that lighting course, uh, last year, I think I filmed it all. Um, with that being said though, right when I got done filming it, you know, I shot everything, um, with a certain camera, but, um, and all the stuff like that. And then I think, you know, I got, I know that you got sponsored. <laughs> and then they didn't say anything, by the way, Fuji is amazing. And I, and I love them. And they didn't say anything, but I just th remember thinking, I'm like, I want to push this course, obviously hardcore into the top of the world. And I don't want to, if to me, it doesn't feel morally right to, to do that, just getting this new sponsorship and then pushing somebody else if that makes sense well, because like, you have integrity but if somebody okay we're gonna wrap it up yeah if somebody who's listening to this has been so inspired by what you've had to say like i have and they want to follow you or they want to see your work or they want to learn more about your education like where can people find you where are you going to be speaking this year tell us about all the things well, I don't think of, I'm, I'll be at Imaging USA and WPPI, okay. but as of now, I'm not, I'm not scheduled to speak at Imaging USA and then maybe WPPI. But uh, you're going to be there working I'll, the room so people well, can absolutely. find you. I'll be there. Um, but anything uh, that I have, everything is Alexis Quaresma. Uh, my website's alexisquaresma.com. My Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, it's it's all that. So it's like the, the easiest way to reach to me would be either send me an email or uh, DM on, or follow me on Instagram. It's alexisquaresma.com. I'll link everything in the in the show notes and then in the description below. Yeah. Everything is my first and last name, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube. So much easier, right? That's what yeah. I do too. I'm just, I'm just thrilled that I've learned how to say your last name today. <laughs> like if I got nothing else out of this interview, that's what I got. But thank you for being with me today, Alexis. You know, I love talking to you. I could sit and talk to you for hours. So I really appreciate that you were here um, and join me on my podcast. I'm so excited to share this episode. Awesome. When does it come out, by the way? I'll, I'll you know. Let me know and I'll pump it I'll up. let you know when it comes out. We have to look at the schedule, but I'll let you know when it comes out. Awesome. Thank you for having me, Sandra.